I, I want to speak to you for just a little bit this morning on something that has really been on my heart for the last several, uh, I'd say weeks, but it's actually been months. And I, I've been looking at where we're at and what's happening and, and praying about what we need to do as a response to what's happening. You know, it, I mean, if, if, you're, if, if you look in Scripture, you can see Scripture playing out on the news. I, I thought about Daniel's king of the north and king of the south, and there's an alliance coming together with Russia and China. And scholars have believed that that was that Russia was the king of the north and that China was the king of the south. And I, I look at these things and I, I think, I don't know how much more time we get, but I don't want to waste any of it. Amen. Amen. So I, I want to speak to you a little bit about these things today through the word and what I believe that our response needs to be. In James 1 and 21, it says, so get rid of all the filthy, I'm sorry, let's try that again. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's truth. We ask you, God, to speak to us now through it. Lord, help us to yield ourselves to you so we can find ourselves in you. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I want to preach to you for just a little while on this topic. Everybody say it with me, equipped. Say it again, equipped. Now let me read this passage again. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Now before anybody gets offended, we all got some filth and evil. That's, we, we were born into it. So we need to remember, Paul makes a statement, I die daily. So what Paul is saying is that there's a constant battle that's going on. And here James is telling us we, we've got to keep that pushed out of our lives. But how many of you know that you can't keep it pushed out on your own? Amen. Amen. I know this is the first service. <laughs> and uh, so we need, we need, everybody say, we need God to keep that pushed out. And, and here's what he says. He says, this is how you do it. He said, humbly accept the, what? The King James Version calls it the engrafted word of God, which literally means implanted. Everybody say implanted. When you look up in grafted, it's neat because it got, it's actually is made up of two words, and one of those words speaks to germination, like a plant growing. And so he's saying, look, there's something that God has planted in us. And he said, so we've got to let that word grow in there because it has power to save your souls. Everybody say power. So God has equipped us with his word. Now let's take a look at this. Go all the way back to Exodus 
chapter 20 and verse 1, and this is what that passage says. And God spoke all these words, saying. Boy, that's powerful, isn't it? Right there. I mean, stop and consider what, what this says. And God spoke, everybody say spoke, all these words. Say, so what's unique about this is the word spoke and words in Hebrew are derived from the same word. So when it says that God spoke all these words, spoke and words are derived from the same word, and it means a word spoken, but not just any word spoken, a word spoken by God himself. Now that's powerful, isn't it? How many of you have ever had God speak to you? Now, let, let, me, let me share something with you because right here, this word is a word that God has spoken. Amen. Scripture literally means that these are God-breathed scriptures. And, and Scripture in its original writ, in other words, the way, now this isn't in the original writ, but Scripture in the original writ is infallible. There, there, there was no mistake in it. It was God breathed into men. Now, but you, you raised your hands and said God has, you've had God speak to you. So my question is, how did God speak to you? Sometimes it was through, through here. Sometimes it's in here. But let me share something with you. If it's in here, it's going to match what's in here. If it doesn't match what's in here, it's not God. It's not God. That God's not the author of confusion. And so, and I believe that God speaks to us in here. I've experienced that, but it's always matched what was in there. So it's, it, it's, it's not just a book. It was a spoken word before it was ever a written word. Amen. Are you with me? Now, let me talk to you about this story. So these people have received the word of God that the Lord spoke to Moses. And then Moses goes up and, and, he, and the, people, the people said, we're going to do everything that the Lord said. We're going to obey him. They lied. <laughs> How many of you have ever c committed to obeying God? Wave your hand to obey God. How many of you ever, since you said you were going to obey God, how many of you ever messed up? It, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that ever did that. Now, see, here's the thing, though, that there's something implanted in us that always brings us back to him. David said, thy word have I what? Have I implanted in my heart? Have I hid in my heart so I won't sin again? I may stray and I, I may get a wild hair, but it will always bring me back to him. Everybody say equipped. So Moses goes up to the mountain and he goes up and he's up there for 40 days and God is speaking the word to him. He's hanging out with God. I've always thought about this. I thought, and I, you know, sometimes I prayed, God, if you could, and I thought, no, I wouldn't live through that. <laughs> you know, because, the, the, you know, the Bible said that he spoke face to face with Moses as a man speaks to a friend. And there have been times when communion with God or fellowship with God was so intense that you sensed 
that he was right there, tangibly there with you. And it, it means something to be able to hear the word of God. And these people are all hearing the word and, and, or, and you know, they've heard the word that was spoken. And, 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 but what's unique is uh, when Moses went up into the mountain and they couldn't see Moses anymore, they made their own gods. These folks had said that they would do what God told them to do had literally forsaken what God had told them to do, and they made their own gods. They completely forgot the word that had been spoken to them. Now, I'm not talking about just an ordinary word. I'm talking about a word of God that was spoken to them. They completely forgot that. Let Let me read that for a moment. This is Exodus 32, starting with verse 21. Finally, this is after Moses has come down the mountain and he sees what's going on. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, what did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Aaron responds, don't get upset, my Lord. You, You yourself know how evil these people are. Oh, there's that word, evil. Isn't that something that all, all the way over in the book of James, man hasn't changed any. We still wicked and evil. And here it said that these evil people are, and he said, they said to me, make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And when they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire and out came this calf. He lied. There's a passage of Scripture that said he fashioned it. But now he's trying to get out of responsibility for it. It just popped out. Everybody say it just popped out. Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control, much to the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, Come here and join me. Everybody say, on the Lord's side. It sounds a lot like where we're at today in society. Society has spun out of control. I, 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 I've been troubled about all this gender dysphoria stuff that's going on, and, and I, I, I've been looking at the response to it, and I thought, where are we at we, we, we were equipped with the Word of God in, in this nation. The Word of God is what was in our schools and the primer when we first started and, and we learned right from wrong. And now if a teacher dare even reference a scripture, she may find herself in an unemployment line. And what's been the result of all that? Spinning out of control. Now, those that should be protecting her children are destroying them with what they call wokeology. And I don't even know, I, I don't want to be ignorant, but it's like I don't even know what woke is. That's, that was something I used to do every morning. I woke up. But now it's become a big thing. And I can't even put my mind around what it's supposed to be. 
Now, now, now hear me because this is, this, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lashing out at anyone. I'm concerned for our kids. It says if, if, if a child has questions about their gender or who they are, I mean, who, who didn't have questions as a child? Are you with me? Do you know what I'm, I can think back to when I was a kid. And I remember questioning, you know, if I was worth anything, if I, if I, was, if I was going, you know. And, and so there's always been questions. But now when those questions arise, th- those that ought to be helping bring confusion instead of counseling, a sharp knife instead of an understanding heart. It broke my heart the other day when I listened to a 16-year-old girl share how when she was 12 years old, she was wrestling with the question of whether she was a girl or a boy. And instead of counseling her and helping her and letting her understand that she's fearfully and wonderfully made, they told her that the answer was surgery. They started giving her gender blockers. They, they did a double mastectomy on her. And this 16-year-old girl stood up there crying. And she said, at 16, I realized that I am a girl. And now my life has been destroyed. Why did they do this to me? We have been equipped with the word of God, a word that lets a child know that they have worth and they have value and God did not make a mistake. And yes, you may be wrestling with who you are, but that's okay. We all have wrestled with who we were, but we stand on the promise of God that we're made in his image and in his likeness. And he didn't make, he he has a purpose for our life. We have been equipped equipped with his word now there are some schools now look i understand there are some great teachers and god bless them but there are some schools that are hiding what they're teaching and how they're counseling children from the parents why would they hide it because they know it's wrong look down deep inside of every man and every woman's heart There's an understanding that there's a God because we're made in his image and in his likeness. That's amazing to me how far we'll go to try and take the conscience of God out of our mind so we don't have to deal with those questions, but you're going to deal with it one way or the other. And so don't, don't, you have to understand that we've been equipped. And I understand as Christians, a lot of times we try and avoid these issues and we duck our head and we, we, we try and hide from it. But how are we helping anyone like that? And the other thing we have to be careful of is that we don't become a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A wrecking ball. And, and, and just go, go at, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to get to this in a moment, but I've seen people take this word. This, is, this word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's supposed to be able to skillfully cut from us that that needs to be out of our life. But sometimes I've seen it used like a wrecking ball and just, you know, destroying everything that gets in its way. And so with society moving as quickly as it is in a direction that is away from God, there needs to be someone that's able to stand up and say, wait a minute, I'm on the Lord's side. Moses Moses didn't 
he, he didn't tap dance around this subject. He saw what was going on. They were out of control, and he stepped out, and he said, who is on the Lord's side? He said, come, and, and, and so we used to sing a song, who is on the Lord's side among you? And sometimes if we're not careful, we treat that and we do it with a self-righteous attitude that's not going to save anybody. But when you recognize I'm on the Lord's side and let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you how he saved my life. Let me tell you how he changed my heart. Let me tell you how he rescued me. And then you're bringing to them what they need to be able to transform them. It's, I love this. Jesus said, you, you, you want to find out about the Lord's side? Let's take a look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not. For such is the kingdom of heaven. What was he saying? He's saying, don't you, don't you push them aside. Don't you dismiss their troubles or their thoughts. You bring them to me. And he's able to take care of them. Amen. It's more than a book. Now, go with me because I want to get into this. It's more than a book. So, we talked about he, God spoke his words to Moses and spoke and words came from the same Hebrew word. Now, go into the New Testament into John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. Everybody say logos. The word logos is something said or, and thought. It's the, this is the definition of it in Greek, the divine expression of Christ. Amen. In the beginning was the word, was the logos, was the divine expression of Christ, was something said and something thought. Amen. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. This is more than a book. This, this, this is more than, do you understand? This is a, this is, how can I say this? This is a byproduct of who he is. It's more than a book. It's more than binding. You can take this and rip it up and burn it, but you can't tear him up. You can't destroy him. You can't get rid of him. It's more than a book. Verse 14, and the word became flesh. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man. I love that definition when I, I start looking at this, the divine expression of Christ. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Everybody say he hanging out with us. <laughs> and then in verse 17, it says, for the law was given by Moses. That was that word that was spoken by Moses. Now, check this out. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, Amen. more than a book. Do you know what the law did for me? The law let me know I was messing up, but it couldn't keep me from messing up. But what Jesus did is brought grace, the unmerited favor of God, and it brought truth. It let me see what was wrong. Amen. But he also equipped me he put something inside of me. He said to them, he said, the, the comforter is going to come. He said, he's, and he calls him the truth. He said, he is with you, but he shall be in you. Any of you ever felt him in you before? 
You know what I'm talking about? You ever been walking along and all of a sudden went, ooh. <laughs> and, 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 and it wasn't the wind that was blowing on your back. I mean, all of a sudden you just felt him. You, you felt that presence, that tangible presence of God. More than a book. Jesus is talking to the Jews that believe this is in verse eight, or chapter 8 and verse 31 of John. And it said, and if you continue in my word, there it is again, logos. What's he saying? There isn't any New Testament at this time. Jesus has just shown up in the flesh. And so he said, if you continue in my word, what's he saying? That that I'm speaking to you. That, that divine expression of who I am. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You shall know the truth. So if grace came by, if grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, you shall know the truth. Could that be referenced that I, 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 I'll know him? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Can I reference that, that I'll know him? I think so, because later he says, whom the Son is set free <laughs> is what? Free indeed, he's saying. You need to understand. This isn't, a, this isn't about a Torah that was written. This isn't about a, a, a few pages. This is more than a book. This is a living, breathing Word of God. It's all about him. They didn't like that. They didn't like that. Just like today, how many of you have ever tried to talk to someone about the Lord and they don't like it? <laughs> it's amazing to me how, how much hate and animosity has developed over the Word of God. But he said it would happen. He let us know it would happen way back here. He said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. He's the Word. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, this is verse 33, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? He responds in verse 41, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. I've, I've been amazed how many claim allegiance to Christianity or some type of faith, but are so far away from his word. I mean, joining a church isn't going to get you to heaven. But obeying his word will. And I don't mean that in a fair, Pharisaic, is that a word? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it, it, I don't mean that in some Pharisaic form or, or fashion or, or some judgment call. I'm just talking about him being the word. And when I get into the word every day, I'm getting into him and he begins to speak to me, not just here, but here. And they coincide with one another. They complement each other. And he's saying, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to equip you. To be free. Everybody say free. free. 
Jesus told them, they, this is John 14 and 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, check this out. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? I mean, does is, is anybody have, need an explanation for that? Well, then why, why is that so blatantly rejected in society? Nobody wants to talk about Jesus. Everybody will talk about God. But don't mention Jesus. Do you remember 9-11 when that, that, those trade towers were hit? How many of you were alive when that took place? Hold your hand if you were alive when that took place. And you remember Billy Graham going in and he was praying. And I remember his prayer and the way he prefaced his prayer at the end where he said, uh, and I, I believe it was something like this, and with love for all and animosity toward none, we pray in the name of Jesus. Why did he preface it like that? Because he understood that there would be those that hate the name of Jesus. Amen. Whose side are you on? We better get our mind made up here and now Amen. where we're going to stand so we don't get washed away in the midst of all this. Let me remind you of something. And this isn't, I, I don't want you, to, this is not a down message to me. I, I was thinking about this this past week and I was getting excited. I was thinking, God, man, what, what, where, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what, what is it that, where, where do I need, what do I need to be doing in, in this moment, in this hour? Because he said, this is Jesus made the statement. He said that he's going to shorten the days for the elect's sake. He said, otherwise, nobody would be saved. What's he saying? He's saying, this is going to get to be such a twisted up mess that people aren't going to be able to distinguish what's right and what's wrong. So I am going to shorten the days for those folks that really love me. I, I don't know why you're not getting excited about that. I mean, if, if you were on your job and, 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 and somebody came up to you and said, you know what, this, this, I'm only going to make you work 40 weeks this whole year. I'm going I'm to shorten the days and you're going to be on vacation the rest of the time. You wouldn't look at them like you just looked at me. Amen. You'd be going, what? Wow! He said, I'm going to shorten the days up. So this is how I hear that. I'm not hearing that in the aspect of, oh, no, all this stuff is coming. I'm hearing it in the aspect, I don't have a lot of time left to work, and I want to get some stuff done. He has, he has equipped me uh, to be able to reach the lost and let them know that there's a God that loves them and cares about them. Everybody say it with me, equipped. Remember the woman at the well? Everybody say a Samaritan. Everybody say an Italian. Presbyterian. Well, yeah. Jesus was dealing with prejudice. And Jesus was saying, 
it doesn't matter to me who you are. He told his own disciples, the Jews were prejudiced against the Samaritans. And the Samaritans didn't like the Jews either. And Jesus tells the disciples, I've got sheep from another flock that you don't know anything about. I got to bring them into, I got, I got news for you folks. They're going to be some folks whose mouths drop open when they find out I'm in heaven. <laughs> They're not expecting me up there. They say, I, I remember when fingers were pointed at me and I was just a smart alecky kid, man. And they, they you know, I, I didn't know, he ain't got anything. And, but I didn't focus on them. I focused on him. And by focusing on him, he equips us. Everybody say equipped. How many of you got some folks that don't like you? Hold your hand up real high if you got some folks that don't like you. Boy, some of you are really confident. Your hand's not up at all. I could probably tell you some folks that don't like you. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying. He said, look, he, he's telling, he's equipping us. He's saying, don't get bent out of shape when men revile you and persecute. They did that to me. He said, it, it doesn't matter whether or not you're on everybody's invitation list. Doesn't matter whether you're not the most popular kid on the block or at your job or wherever you are. Do you understand? That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you know him and you're telling people about him. Can you imagine knowing God and, oh, I got to hurry. Can you imagine knowing God and never sharing him with anyone? I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to get to heaven, but I will say there's going to be an interesting conversation when you get there. I mean, can you imagine, run up here Rick, real quick. Can you imagine all of a sudden getting to heaven and the Lord put his arm around you? And I'm not, this isn't you. I know you wouldn't do <laughs> But the Lord putting his arm around you and said, man, son, I'm glad you're here. I just got a question for you. What's that, Lord? Well, I mean, after all I did for, oh yeah, Lord, you did so much for me and I'm so thankful. Well, yeah, my question is after I did all that, how come you never told anybody about me? Wow. Yes. I'm not saved by my works, but my works will say that I'm saved. Amen. My, thank Amen. you. My works will prove that I'm saved. Everybody say equipped. Amen. Okay, I got to hurry. All right. Ooh, I don't have time for that one. Okay, I'm going to go cut to the chase. Are you ready? 2 Timothy 2, 2 and 15. Paul speaking to Timothy. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let me read that to you in the NLT. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Everybody say it with me. Correctly explains. So my question here. Timothy is like a son to Paul. My question here is why is Paul taking the time to help to tell him, make sure that you correctly explain the word of truth? I want to take you to another time in Paul's life. Chapter 26 of the book of Acts, Paul speaks 
of another time in his life. Listen to what he said. I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus of Nazareth or of Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem, authorized by leading priest. I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. And I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down into foreign countries. Paul, toward the end of his life, he's sitting down with this young man. And he's saying, make sure that you rightly divide the word of truth. Why? Because there was a time in his life when he didn't. Paul's not, do you understand when that, that passage that I read, Paul was one of the top people in the church. He was the deacon on the board. He was, you know, I mean, he, you get what I'm saying? Paul wasn't some blatant sinner. He, he adhered to the law. He was devout to God, but he had it wrong. He wasn't rightly dividing the word of truth. And then all of a sudden, one day when the Lord spoke to him and knocked him down to the ground and he realized how far he was, he was saying, I don't want that to ever happen to anybody else again. He has equipped us. Rightly divide the word of truth, Timothy. Make sure you get it right because it all surrounds Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Afterwards, after that encounter, Paul goes to the script. He goes to the words of the Old Testament, and he begins to expound to others from the Old Testament the same word that he did not see Jesus in before. And now he's equipped. I'm telling you that God has equipped us. I'm going to ask them to get ready with the camera and see if they can zoom in on this. When, when the word is not rightly divided, lives can be destroyed. Can you zoom in on that picture? I'll try and hold it steady. Come in close. Everybody say, that poor lady is messed up. Can you see her? Wave your hand at me if you can see her. Look on the side screens. Hold your hand up if you can see her really good. When the word isn't rightly divided, it can depress us. It can destroy us. It can discourage us. But when the word is rightly divided, it transforms us. Same lady. I didn't draw another picture. It's the same lady. It's just that she got her life straightened out. She got rightly divided. Instead of being turned upside down and inside out, she found out that there's a God that cares and loves and understands. Would you stand with me today? So here's my question to you. What will you do with what you've been equipped with. If there's a boy drowning in a lake and there's a sign that says, no swimming, are you going to let the boy drown because of the sign 
that says no swimming? Are we going to quit talking about Jesus because somebody passes a law that tells us we can't? Are we going to quit sharing the Word of God? I remember working a secular job and a guy walked up to me out on the floor and he came up to me and he said, Rick, he said, I just got this word from the front office. They told me all this talk about God is going to stop. They were upset. People were getting saved. Some of the foremans got saved and they, they weren't doing dishonest things anymore. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, you take this message back to the front office. They can have my job, but they can't have my testimony. I'm going to hold on. I am going to hold on equipped. I'll leave you with this thought, and I know I'm just a little over here. Man, I used to ponder this and contemplate this a lot. That scripture where Paul said, I fear lest after having preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. I remember sitting and holding the Bible and thinking, God, I don't want to spend my life and get to the end of it and blow it. Help me stay true to who you are and never be ashamed because today, folks, we are not just a chosen generation. We are an equipped generation. Would you stretch your hands to heaven and pray with me today? Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to share your word with others. Let it be like a fire that's shut up in our bones. Let us never use it as a hatchet or a wrecking ball. Let us rightly divide it. Let us be able to communicate in love how much you care and how powerful you are to transform and change our lives. And we'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.